You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Kimberly Whitecamp. And I'm Bobby Lind. And on each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. Welcome to a very special episode of Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Kimberly Whitecamp. And I'm Bobby Lind. And today, we're going to break down a couple of ads. This is going to be a continuing special episode uh, that we'll be using over the next few months. Every couple of episodes, you'll get one of these special editions where we'll take some old advertising, uh, anything from the heydays of Caples or Oral Will Be, all the way up to something that could only be uh, five or seven years old because advertising and marketing is changing that quickly. We're going to look through the ads ourselves and then kind of give our feedback on how does it compare to today's marketing and also if uh, what it says would ever fly today. If you would like a copy of the ads that we're talking about, sign up for our mailing list at chattingwithcopywriters.com and we'll send you uh, some of our favorite old-timey ads. All right, Bobby. So here's how it's going to work today. Uh, Bobby is going to read this out loud to me. She's going to give a little description, but I am not actually looking at the ad. So this is strictly going to be on the words, and this can also give you an idea of the power of the written word and how when you arrange it properly, it can really lead to better sales and a better interaction with your audience. All right, Bobby, I'm prepared to look at some really old-time ads and probably be horrified Take it away. All right. So our first one is, it looks like it could have been a full page ad. If not a full page ad, probably a half page or okay. something along that, those lines. Okay. On one full side of it, you've got the, uh, the full uh, image of a young girl. She's probably about somewhere between seven and 10, right? right. And she's got her arms crossed and she's got a very pouty face, right? So this is the image of this, of this little girl. And what it says is, Betty is cranky. She's too young to know how to pace herself. Walk, not when she can run. So naturally she gets tired and cross. She needs energyless, artificially sweetened foods and beverages like a grasshopper needs a trampoline. But put some sugar in her life and watch her bounce back fast. Sugar sweetens dispositions. 18 calories per teaspoon, and it's all energy. Then there's a little box in the the bottom right-hand corner. It says, note to mothers. Exhaustion may be dangerous, especially to children who haven't learned to avoid it by pacing themselves. Exhaustion opens the door a little wider to the bugs and ailments that are always lying in wait. Sugar puts back energy fast, offsets exhaustion. Synthetic sweeteners put back nothing. Energy is the first requirement of life. Play safe with your young ones. Make sure they get sugar every day. Okay, my first reaction is, wow, this would never be approved today. (laughs) So basically, there's a couple of uh, big takeaways, I find. First, this is definitely telling a story. You're introduced to this little girl, and in the process of, what, 10 sentences, you know exactly what kind of situation her parents are facing, right? She, she bounces off. She doesn't know how to go slow because she's a little kid and uh, she needs energy in her life, I guess. But the, the big things I find, I was like looking at old ads to see kind of uh, how predictive or how completely wrong some of these old ads are. So one of the things I really noticed is that artificial sweeteners give nothing back. 
which is so true, right? And today we do know this, right? That uh, artificial sweeteners, there's no, there's nothing in them, right? There's no, uh, yeah, no nutritional value. Now, on the same token, there's no real nutritional value to just eating pure sugar. Um, 18 calories per teaspoon sounds kind of low to me, but those are the big things that I I walk away from is my first one overwhelmingly is, wow, no one would ever approve this today. And I really want to know where this ad was. Like, is this in a parenting magazine? Is this in a newspaper? Is this in a children's book? This is what I want to know. Where did this ad appear? I would love to tell you that I don't actually have that information on this one, ah, but um, you know some of the things that me. some of the things that bounce out or jump out at me, haha, <laughs> jump, jump, right? Yeah, she jumps on the trampoline. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. That they need bever- uh, sweetened foods and beverages like a grasshopper needs a trampoline. That's a great line, by the way. Yeah, but uh, what what really kind of jumps out to me is no call to action. There is nothing in this ad that says number one where to buy sugar, how to buy sugar you know, get it, even just get it at your local grocery store. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's an awareness, it's an awareness ad. And that's the way advertising had been done before direct response marketing or any kind of trackable um, advertising of any kind had, had been done. So the only way to know whether this ad was successful is if the company or companies as the case may be in this one. So this one was, was put out by Sugar Information Inc., so it's obviously an awareness campaign, but if the companies that, may, that, do, that put out sugar, if their bottom line increased, you know, sales were up, then this would have been considered a positive, effective ad. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's, there's no way to track that this one specifically versus any of the other potential ads that they may have had out at the time was the most effective. Also, that is something very interesting to me because you you read the ad and uh, to me, I was wondering, I was like, okay, so it's raising awareness about sugar, about maybe, you know, sticking your kids with sugar when they have that, the 3 p.m. slump as a lot of energy drinks we'll talk about now, Uh, give them sugar to have them bounce back, but there's no brand. There's absolutely no brand. And so it's, it's really interesting to me because it's an awareness campaign, but it's not even a brand awareness campaign. It's an awareness campaign about the wonders of sugar, which we can debate about till the cows come home. But, um, (laughs) but speaking about until the cows come home, the got milk campaign is exactly the same way. It is. Yeah. You know, it doesn't talk about a specific brand and that's, that's, that's an ad campaign that one of these days I'm sure will break down. But, um, you know, there's, there, there are just awareness campaigns that are out there. And this, this is certainly, this is certainly one of them. The other thing that I liked about it is while you talked about story, the sentences were short. They were very easy to read. The breakdown up until the point where it goes note to mothers, the words are very easy to read. And I know that, I know that you can't see that while you're listening to this, but the words are very easy to read. They're big, they're large, you know, they're, they, they take up a good half of the ad. It's only once it gets into the notice to mothers, does it become much smaller and, and, and harder to read it by comparison to the rest of, to the rest of the ad. So it's, it's aesthetically pleasing because it's not too crazy jumbled with, you know, it's not all words. It's not all images, and the sentences are short, sweet, and easy to understand. So it gets the point across very well. But um, short and sweet, just like the sugar they want you to eat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
so yeah, I, I, uh, any other uh, comments on this type of ad? How would, you, how would you change it for today? So it's very interesting about the idea of how would you change it for today? Because the same structure, the same story structure of, oh, your kid has a problem of some sort, right? Whatever that is, I, mm-hmm. you know, pick and choose your own. Uh, and then our solution, our product, our thing that we're raising awareness about can do something for that. And if, you know, I was just thinking about this, how a lot of kids' foods still use the same approach. Now, granted, you're not going to see this as often in print, but this is how you see it on TV, right? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I remember the Oval Team, right? The kids, they were out there playing in the yard. More Oval Team, please. More Oval Team, please, right? They're going to be so eager to get this. It's not chocolate milk, it's Oval Team. And it's still the same kind of approach, right? You have these, uh, you know, moms love goldfish, same type of thing, right? Uh, because it solves an issue, right? Kids are hungry. You want something simple. You want an easy snack. And, oh, we claim it's nutritious because it's fake. So it's, it's the same type of thing. So I don't know how old this ad is, but it's very interesting to see the same story structure, the same approach is still very relevant today. But again, this is an awareness. And there are still companies, right, who, who use awareness campaigns. And, you know, TV ads is another thing that's certainly not trackable. You, you, you can find out maybe how uh, many markets it got shared to, but you, you can't know, okay, of all those people in that household, how many were watching that exact commercial at that exact time, and how many of them didn't use their TiVo's skip function to not watch that commercial. Um, exactly. So that's kind of what I... I'm taking away from it too, is that the same type of approach still works, right? There's so many new things in marketing. There's so many new platforms, new strategies, but at the core, a lot of marketing is still the same, right? You need to tell a story. You need to position your product or service, your offering as a solution to the, the, the high point of the story and then yep. move on from there. Um, but I agree with you, right? That there's no call to action. That's, that's the only place it's lacking. Yeah, I mean, and this this could be done simply by adding in a coupon. Adding in right? a coupon, that'd be great. Yeah, because coupons are trackable. They can find out how many people have bought using that particular code. Absolutely. And then you get to understand, you know, granted, a coupon would only work if this was for a specific sugar company. Yes. Or a conglomerate of sugar companies. Like if they right. all said, okay, Sugar Information Inc. is going to put out this ad and we will honor... 10 cents off every bag of sugar or whatever it was. Cause way back then, I mean, a bag of sugar may have even cost 10 cents. Who knows? I, Cause we don't know what time <laughs> it is, right? Yeah. We don't know how old this is, you know, but a coupon, a coupon would have, first of all, it would fit on here. There's enough room in the ad to put a coupon, but it could say, you know, you know, and here's, you know, here's your discount to your next five, 10, 15 pound bag of sugar. I mean, I don't know. Again, we don't know what the, how the, how they sold it back then. Cause we just, we have no idea on when this ad was run, but um, yeah, no. So it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to, uh, to take a look at this one. Anything else we have to say about this one, this ad, or are we ready to move on to another ad? I think we're ready to move on to ad number two. What are we selling this time? Actually, no, uh, don't tell me what we're selling this time. Uh, I think that's another part also about how effective your marketing is. is if someone can figure out what your offer is just by the content of the ad. So Bobby, hit me. Well, I'll try not to actually hit you. <laughs> All right. So this one looks like it was run in Good Housekeeping Magazine. Again, oh, yeah, I don't no have... Awesome. 
I don't, I don't have a date, but I, it does say at the top of it, Good Housekeeping Magazine. Okay. All right. At the very top of the ad, again, this could either be a full page ad, possibly a full page ad, if not a half page ad. Okay. Um, and at the top is, it looks like a dinner party going on. You've got two men and two women sitting around the table and they're in some fancier dress. So again, kind of, if you look back, if you think back to the forties and fifties when they dressed, you know, fancier more often than not, but it looks like they might be in a dinner party or something. Okay. Okay. And underneath it, it says, yes, nowadays housekeeping means homekeeping. And that's in quotes. Then it goes on to, but doesn't it mean a lot of drudgery just the same, especially in the culinary department? No, not if you manage right. I have all the handy contrivances. There's a word I haven't seen in a long time. I have all the handy contrivances that save more than they cost, and we never make our own soup. I use Campbell's soup. And that's in big, bold letters. So do thousands of careful and capable housewives who are abreast of modern ideas. They find in Campbell's wholesome 21 kinds a refreshing variety for the daily menu and a constant relief from one of its most troublesome items. Why wouldn't these perfect soups be of equal help and value to you? Try one today and see. Then it talks about the 21 different kinds. It gives all of the different flavors and it says it's 10 cents a can. Look for the red and white label. There's an image of the soup can down in the right-hand corner. And let's see, in the bottom left-hand corner, there is the weirdest drawing of what looks like a mini baby holding a handkerchief. (laughs) And it says, Dear Soup, how sad these partings are. But note my other eye. It shows I'm thinking au revoir. Although I say goodbye. What? <laughs> I'm okay. just reading exactly what it says. I was going to say, until the weird drawing that you just described, there's a lot of things going for this, right? Uh, so basically, uh, my, my first impressions, right? Good brand awareness. Because it, not only does it say the name of the product, it gives you a list of all the other products associated with this and says, hey, any of these that you choose are going to match our description here. Yeah, uh, and it, it have... talks about look for the red and white label. So it describes right. the can that exactly. you Exactly. Here's what you need to look for on your local grocery shelves. The other thing I noticed was how difficult it was for you to read it out loud because the, the structure of the sentences are very, very awkward. Um, And they've got a lot of really big words that maybe people aren't using that much. However, that also kind of shows the change of language, right? It might be that if I was a housewife in the 50s or 60s, I think is when this is aimed at, uh, Uh you know, 10 cents a can, that's got to be a while ago. You know, maybe that's kind of how they spoke, right? And that's really important and something that you still need to use today is using the way your audience speaks in the language of your ads, uh, yes. But again, no coupon, no call to action. It does actually tell you to do something, you know, look for the red and white label. And my, my last big, big takeaway right now is the term wholesome. Yes. Not only is it implying that our food is good for you, it's kind of like portraying the, the entire perception of your family, right? People with good values by Campbell's is what I took away from that. How about you? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So no, I definitely agree with you. It was, it was harder for me to, to read. And you're, I think you're right. It's a, it's a sign of the change in times and in language and that's okay. Now, do I think that means that currently we should all be using, um, LOL speak? No, I don't think so. Um, But at the same time, you need to make sure that you are speaking to your, to your audience. You know, I mean, words like drudgery and contrivances. I mean, I haven't seen contrivances as a word used in anything in a long time. And actually it took me a minute. I'm like, I just said that right. Didn't I, you know, I'm getting ready to be, you know, out there for the whole world to hear that I had a hard time with the word contrivances, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're right. Reading it was, reading it was much more difficult. The sentences are longer than the last one as well. So they, they threw more words in and it's still a story though. It does yes. take you through some type of story. The problem is what it's lacking in this, this one's lacking in its story than the other one was when you read the words, you don't get to really see a picture in your head, right? Now it's telling a story, but it's not painting the picture. Whereas the one on sugar painted the picture of, you know, Betty being cranky and the emotion and she walking, no, when she, not when she can run, you know, so it painted a picture in your mind and it was a lot easier to see what was going on. Whereas in this one with Campbell's soup, it's very different. It tells the story, but not in word pictures. So that's something that I see is missing in this one. Right. And also one of the things I noticed is that it's, it's kind of implying a story without actually bringing the audience to that point. I think the idea is that you don't need to spend hours and hours and hours making good soup because you can buy Campbell's and it's it's like better than what you can make and it's in half the time or something. But Uh I had to make that assumption. It's not really painted for me. It's not, I think it's partially the issue of the language. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. the contrivances to make that in the kitchen or something uh, was the part. But I think that's a a really, really good point, right? You want to tell a story, but you also want to make sure that not only is the pain clear, but exactly how you're going to solve it. So yes, I agree that they, they have a story, but it's not as powerful. It's not as clear as the sugar story was. So, um, and yeah, those are, those are and I, I have to say the little, like, it, it feels like a whole side throwaway. Let's just put something in this corner. I have to read it again just because I'm like, what the hell is this actually saying? <laughs> right? I mean, it says, Dear Soup, how sad these partings are. I'm like, but wait a minute, what partings are we talking about? I have no idea. Right? But note, my, versus note my other eye. That's actually the full sentence. Like, it stops there. But note my other eye. It shows I'm thinking au revoir, because we totally need to add French into our language here. Although I say goodbye, there is absolutely nothing that this adds. And it's, I mean, and the image is just, I mean, it's, it's like a little baby. I think it is standing there in what could possibly be a diaper, <laughs> waving, uh, you know, just, it's, it's like holding this handkerchief up. And I personally, I don't think it adds anything because if you want to try and keep this to dinner parties, why is a baby waving goodbye? Right. And I I do feel that this is another issue you'll see in modern marketing and advertising. 
they'll throw something in because they think it needs to be there. Uh, we need to have a, a hook. We need to have Or something. they think it's cute. Right. They think it's cute. And then not only does it not add anything, it confuses people to the point where they just can't continue thinking about it and they walk away. So for me, that's kind of my idea. I was like, this really strange image you're describing is like, what is going, I don't even know what that is. Okay. I'm going to flip the page. Honestly, that would be my thought. Really great story. uh, Really uh, great brand awareness built into it. But then I'm kind of like, wait, what is this thing? Uh, I don't know. And confusion. You will lose, you lose customers when they have confusion. If you, you know, if you don't tell them everything that you want them to think, Mm-hmm. Instead of assuming that they will think it themselves, you lose them because they have to do more work to get to where you want them to be. And Absolutely. so that's, that's another thing that, that I think in this one, and I mean, look, here's the deal. Hindsight being 2020, it's always of easy course. to go back and say, here's how I would change something. But um, so that's what I have today for, for ads on, on our segment of my, how things have changed. My, how things have changed. And if you would like to see once again, these images, or if you would like to follow along with us as we critique these old ads, you can access the scans of these old time ads and give yourself a laugh uh, by joining our mailing list at chattingwithcopywriters.com and going ahead and signing up for that. Uh, Thanks once again for listening. Don't forget to like us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. And in the future, we will have more of these My How Things Have Changed in Marketing segments. Thanks for listening. Check out our past episodes and visit us at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe either at chattingwithcopywriters.com or on your favorite podcast service such as iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review.